0: It's a little different from the frivolous topic intro that you're used to at this time of day, but and you might be wondering, well, what is that music? That sounds familiar. What is it? That is the theme music from The Offer, a mini-series of eight episodes that is available on Paramount Plus. Featuring our in-studio guest today, Lou Ferrigno, who you may also know as um, he did a little show in the 70s called The Hulk and uh, The Incredible Hulk. And he was, of course, that and many, many, many. I mean, the list of things that he has been in is uh, more than 70 different appearances. But uh, he joins us now in studio because he's in town for Pensacon. Lou, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Thank you. I'm
1: very excited, especially, uh, you know, I see an improvement here. For the last time I was here, for two years ago, they had the hu- hurricane situation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That would have been just post-Sally, right. They're pretty messy, yeah. Oh, man. Well, good to have you. Thank you thank for joining you. us today. You were over at our sister station, Cat Country, talking on the radio. We're your first stop of the day, so thank you for coming out early. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm
1: happy to be back. Great.
0: So you've had a couple of things going. First of all, I just want to say the offer, um, big success on that, and you're now working on a new thing called The Hermit that just finished. Is that yeah, right?
1: Yeah, I have three or four more days of shooting because okay. of the extra strike. Everything was kind of put on hold. Oh, How, but, how
0: did that affect you, the the writer strike?
1: Well, you got the writers. They actually uh, we're talking about 130 days of no and, and work. Wow! Because everything's shut down because uh, it, it kind of has to do with the streaming. But basically, that i over because now that we are spinning again because it takes a month or two to recuperate from right. the strike.
0: So, do you feel like the end deal that got done is it going to be an improvement to protect things? Like, I mean, you'd be a great example of somebody who. Somebody might see you and take your image, your voice, capture it, use AI to generate it. Um, do you feel like your industry is doing enough to protect your rights and your interest against that kind of thing? Yeah,
1: because if you go back in the 50s, like the original Superman series, like, for example, uh, the show like Lassie, those actors never received uh, residual. Mm-hmm. But then it changed in the 70s. So it's the same thing now because every time you have network, TV, streaming, and then you have a studio involved in everything, but with the actors and the writers to, to, to get the, you know, the residual.
0: So it did make, the, the negotiations did make a difference from your point of view in protecting I, I some think of those so. interests?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why it's taken so long to come, come to an agreement. How,
0: how, What's been the effect in the industry of that lag, of that, like you said, that l- long time when people were out of work? Obviously, people suffered going through that, but then that means that the kind of the pipeline of new material is backed up for quite some time before we can get back into well, the swing it of it. Well, it also
1: affects all the talk shows and everything, because yeah. the writers write jokes for the show, especially for movies. so. It's been
0: tough. Is it back to normal yet?
1: Almost, I would say, because I talked to my manager when she said the wheel's spinning again, because it's been like a couple of months, recuperating.
0: Well, and then before that, COVID, right? Which, while you were filming the um, the offer, you had lots of impacts. Well, I had that. to be tested
1: every morning on the staff for COVID, like 5 a.m., because if, you, if you're positive, you can't you can't film. Wow. So everybody on the set wearing a mask. Then we come to do the scene, the actor will remove the mask. It's kind of weird because the fact that you want to interact with everybody, and also at the same time, we couldn't have visitors on the set. Hmm. So it was a very uh, close set. One morning, morning they tested me twice positive. I said, listen, it's 5 in the morning, now it's 5.20. (laughs) I said, one more time, you got to. So the nurse comes in, tests me again. At 5.30, I tested negative.
0: No but, way. But, but
1: to have a Q-tip up, your knot would be almost touching your brain five in the morning. It's not fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and and regardless of that, having to wear the mask around is inconvenient, especially as actors. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, your industry is built on sort of the aura or the air or the just that general sense of you're in the mood in the character and you got to continually inter- be interfered with by the thing. I can't imagine that was easy. It
1: was hard, very hard.
0: So you, one of the things that you're doing, like after you get done here, you're going over to uh, NAS Pensacola, and you're going to talk to some kids, right, which is like a sure. passion of yours. Yeah. To, oh, yeah. What what kinds of stuff do you share with them?
1: Uh, motivate them because when I was young, I had to overcome adversity. I was bold as a kid because to the hearing and speech ish, situation. They called me Deaf Mute, Deaf Louie. So basically, that's why I'm happy about this con, because as a kid, I would love to have a con to attend myself. It gives a lot of hope, because everybody has a superhero connection in mm-hmm. ourselves. And we connect that. We go through different, uh, like especially at Pentacon. Mm-hmm. You see the favorite celebrities to make that connection. People that you follow for many years, you get to see them in person. So it's very exhilarating.
0: And, and even the premise of most of your superhero concepts, a lot of times, it's the, you know, their their second identity is sort of weak or unimposing, and but they can be the superhero, and it... I, you know, I mean, I was a big comic book reader as a kid. I wasn't a particularly big, strong kid. And it gives you that kind of sense of vicarious power to identify with these people and it makes them think that they can do anything and stand for justice and help people, right?
1: Well, it's amazing because when I was a kid, I had to read comic books to escape the pain by uh, my imagination. But it's funny that I got involved in bodybuilding. But when I did the Hulk pilot, at the time, Spider-Man and Captain America failed at the TV series. Yeah. But I had no idea that that show fifty years later Open all the doors for the superheroes and now we have uh, Comic Con like Pentacon. It's amazing because before you have comic convention, but now it's this show here is like it's a pop culture. Like family comes with kids. The old days you have a, a comic book convention, but now everybody knows about comic book convention, which is great because it it's nothing to do with the blood sexual violence. It's very exhilarating, it's very positive.
0: When when in your life um because, you, I mean, as you said, you were teased and bullied as a kid because of your speech impediment, hearing loss-related right. speech impediment. Um, and then you went into bodybuilding, which right. you were tremendously successful. And then, of course, you went into acting and a lot of things since then. Was there a point in all of that where you felt like you had turned, where it had gone from being frustration and this, I mean, bad feelings to being where this is really working, I'm really arriving, I'm really succeeding, things are going to be good for me?
1: Well, I'm very driven. I have dreams. And I can't, they knock me down and get up again because I can't take no for an answer. That's why a big achievement for me was two years ago when I received a cochlear implant. I mean, especially because I have a profound hearing loss. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it affected my speech, affected my uh, listening to people. So the nice thing is the fact that it gives a lot of hope to people, especially when people get older, they lose their hearing, they isolate themselves, they get angry. But the nice thing about the coca implant, once you have a coca implant, you never lose any more of that hearing until you're passed on. So I like, I like changes. I like the risk. I like challenges. It's, it's exciting for me because you only live once, <laughs> and you have to follow your dream because if you all take action for yourself, nobody's going to give you the action.
0: You have done so many things like that. We're going to come back to Lou Frigno here in just a second. Let's get a quick traffic on the fives from Jake. Don't go to me for traffic now. Everybody's cool (laughs) out there. There's no accidents or (laughs) or slowdowns to report. Let's get back to this. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Walker, with the traffic on fives. You... You are, uh, let me see, you're deputized as a law enforcement officer in uh, L.A. and also in uh, one other jurisdiction, but you have also here when you came last year. You, you have multiple deputizations, no, no. I, right? No, I'm a
1: certified deputy in L.A. and San Jose Pespo. When you get deputized, other states are honorary, but I have police powers in California. I've been honorary deputized in 25 different states. Mm. And, and one of these states over here is great because the fact that I like to do the meet and greet and give back, then, because a lot of officers, they put their life at risk. Mm-hmm. And p- sometimes people get a bad impression about police officers. They don't know what it's like to put the uniform on, knowing that you're putting your life at risk to protect life and property.
0: And last time you were here, I think two years ago, you were uh, honorary deputization yeah, uh-huh. here by Escambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So... Okay, have, have, I mean, I'm probably not the first to ask, but have, have you ever actually gone out and been involved in a law enforcement activity or pulled people over? I do a lot of search, over? And rescue,
1: search and rescue, I teach weapons shooting, I'm a weapon shooting on my marksman myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, the young cadets, uh, search and rescue. Uh, I, I basically do a lot of different things, especially promoting the sheriff's department, promoting the police department.
0: What a great liaison, too, because when you're talking to the kids, you can give them not just the dreams and aspirational hope of who you are, but you can talk to them about law and for... I mean, all of the things, right?
1: I basically talk to kids about maximizing your own passion. Everyone is different. Everybody has a passion. You see, once you have passion in life, it makes you unstoppable because there's no passion. You have no desire for life.
0: Was there... I don't know. Was there ever a thing you came up with? Because you said you'll never take no for an answer, never quit. Was there ever something that you wanted to do that maybe you didn't?
1: To learn how to swim. I can't swim.
0: (laughs) I, okay. I, I never learned how to swim. Did you Did you ever try?
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know how to swim because when I was young, I didn't want to take swimming lessons. I wanted to take gymnastics, working out with waist and everything. You know, when you're very young, you learn how to swim. Yeah. I mean, I could do the dog paddle, and stuff like that, but I've always been afraid to do the record of swimming, afraid of drowning and swallowing the water. Yeah. To me, but you know, funny, everybody has fears in life. That's that one thing I'm going to keep working on.
0: So you're gonna. So when we have you, you whenever you're here two or three years again from now, when you come back, you're gonna be able to swim better. I think so. Okay, (laughs) that'll be fantastic.
1: Longer than I would drown before.
0: Well, you know, one one last thing before we let you go is, um, uh, obviously, you know, you're in the International Sports Hall of Fame. You've done Celebrity Apprentice. You were actually in the Trump administration. You worked on the uh, the Presidential Council on Fitness Mm -hmm. and Sports and Nutrition. Um, Outside of acting, outside of health and fitness, the two things that we know you the most for. What do you do? I mean, you're a family man and all of that, but what, what do you do that brings you joy outside of those main endeavors?
1: Enjoying people every day. Look for the best in people. Enjoying life to its fullest because the past is gone. I want to enjoy every minute of the life. Like, for example, I don't like to waste time. I don't like to sit around. You cannot buy time. Mm-hmm. You can't. So You have to maximize that time you have.
0: Well, uh, Lou, it's always a pleasure. Every time I talk to you, I just... Uh, Thank you. you I, am, I know I'm not the only one. I always get a, get a smile. I always just get a smile when I'm talking to you because you're such a sweetheart. You're so gentle, kind. It's like, Exactly, not what anybody who knows you only as the Hulk would ever think. Right. But anybody who does know you, or, you know, like when you shake your hand, you're like, well, that is an incredibly powerful hand with incredibly <laughs> soft hands. Thank you. Hands. It's the same. It's like, oh my God, he could crush my hand, but it's like the nicest thing ever. Oh, he just, you know. So, uh, Lou, thank, thank you for being you. Uh, thank you for the entertainment product that you have made for us for all these years. And thanks for coming to Pensacola. My
1: pleasure. Anytime. Thank you.
0: Uh, 851 here on News Radio 92 3. I'm Andrew McKay.